The Mind Your Home podcast is now available on video. To watch the video associated with this episode and see any visuals that may be mentioned in the episode, follow the link in the description to the YouTube channel. You're listening to the Mind Your Home podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home podcast. Everybody wants a shortcut. It's human nature. So learning to declutter in order to achieve living a minimalist life seems like it should be enough. After all, minimalism is about letting go, right? But what happens after you let go? Decluttering is just the removal of things. It doesn't include the foundation or the basis for keeping them from tumbling back in. That's why so many people declutter in cycles. It's always damage repair. As with any lifestyle change, you should always start out with your why. I go into great detail about this here where I share the first three steps to getting started with minimalism. Without a truly personal reason, nothing is gonna back you up when you face getting rid of those just-in-case items or the sentimental stuff. Nothing's gonna hold you back from buying out your favorite clothing store when you get a fat paycheck or have a particularly horrific week. But after that, After you've identified why this lifestyle is right for you, there's one word, one key that bridges the gap from a serial declutterer to someone who is living a minimalist life. That's what we're here to talk about today. Now, before I dive into this one key word that's going to help to bring your minimalist life to the next level, I want to let you know that next week is the beginning of my Holistic Spaces live event. I'm going to be speaking with a variety of expert speakers about creating and living in holistic spaces Monday through Thursday. And then on Friday, I'll be sharing my free workshop live all about creating holistic clutter-free spaces inside of your home. So be sure to register using the link down below or you can go to miadanielle.com forward slash workshop. So as I said, the key to living a minimalist life really boils down to one word. Actually, with this one word, you can change any area of your life. It's a superpower that we all have, and yet we're constantly trying to drown it in random, tedious information. That word is awareness, specifically self-awareness and awareness of your surroundings. Self-awareness is a roadmap that gets us from where we are to where we want to be. Without an intentional practice of self-awareness and relentless self-evaluation, you're going to keep driving around in circles. So a good place to start in living a minimalist life is to understand what type of clutter you're holding on to and why. Why do you hold on to the things that you hold on to? There are so many reasons that we hold on to things, guilt, obligation, uncertainty, fear, sentiment. You know, fear, of course, is the most common. We fear letting go of the past, which causes us to hold on to old love letters or outgrown toys. Fear of the future causes us to get stuck in just-in-case thinking. This is even more true if that item is attached to your identity, like the guitar from college that you never learned to play, but you're not quite ready to give up on the idea of someday serenading your house an acoustic song. Now let's switch over to self-awareness with your habits. What are your weaknesses? Do you have unhelpful shopping tendencies? Are there certain items that you're especially drawn to? The mind has a tendency to want more and less at the same time. This paradox develops a loop of dissatisfaction, and we constantly feed into it. So become aware when your mind is pulling you toward this cycle. Then you can take some intentional actions to curb your shopping tendencies if need be, and I share more about that in this video. 
So ask yourself, do I really need this thing or am I just feeling that familiar pull toward wanting more? Remember, you already have what you need to be successful at this. You have that one key, you just need to use it. It's also important to practice surroundings awareness or awareness of your surroundings. Practice noticing your clutter even before it becomes clutter. Look around your home and think, would I notice something that didn't belong in this room? So pay attention to things like seasons of usefulness. There are so many belongings that you really only need periodically. Your kid's soccer uniform, peppermint cocoa that you only drink at Christmas, and so on. Putting these things away when the season isn't right will help you to direct your energy to the things that are actually relevant. This could include paying attention to places where things normally get shoved or stored, the junk drawer or the clutter hotspots in your house. Maybe even taking it a step further and deciding if there are ways that you can repurpose these areas or rehome the clutter that's in them. But not everything is clutter hotspots and seasonal equipment. There are a lot of things that we hold on to because we never really stopped to reevaluate if they still fit into our lives. You know, there are a lot of things that maybe used to make us happy, but no longer fit into the story of the life that you're currently living. And you start to collect these stories from all of the lives that you've lived previously and try to fit them all into the life that you're living now. And it just doesn't really work. Now, of course, you don't have to ditch all of your memories in order to live a minimalist life or to get the clutter out, but try to think of ways that you can curate these belongings instead of keeping all of them? Is there a way that you could implement a memory box instead of a memory room or a memory home? One thing that I love that I picked up from a friend of mine, Susan Choi, who's the host over at the Stress Proof Podcast, she coaches about stress relief for high achieving executives. And she said something about constantly redeciding and allowing yourself to redecide about the decisions that you've made and about the things that you're just allowing to exist inside of your life. She wasn't necessarily talking about belongings, but I definitely think that that's something that can be incorporated into your belongings and the life that you live inside of your space. Give yourself permission to redecide. Is something still valid for you? Is it still fitting for you? This is not to be confused with renegotiating, which I say is a danger area, a danger zone, when we constantly renegotiate with our boundaries and renegotiate with systems that we have in place. But we always have the ability to redecide. So why do so many people miss this? I mean, awareness is just naturally baked into our existence, right? Like we all have the ability to be aware at any given moment. You could do it right now if you stop and put your mind to it. So why is it so difficult? And why is it that so many people miss this crucial step in creating the space and the life that they want. Well, let's take a quick detour. When I was in high school, I practiced all summer long and against all odds became a varsity cheerleader. Varsity cheerleaders got to do cool things like skip class to make posters and walk around the Bible Belt school in a cheerleader outfit with a flyaway skirt. My modesty was only protected by a pair of black bloomers. Now, like most 16-year-old girls, I was pretty insecure, so I spent the majority of my mornings tediously applying thin layers of makeup and ensuring that every hair was in place. In fact, I spent so much time applying this thin layer of makeup that seriously nobody would be able to notice that the rest of the morning was a frantic rush to get to school on time. It wasn't until I busted through the school doors that I realized there was more of a draft than usual in my cheerleading uniform. I had forgotten my bloomers. This was the closest I've ever come to a real-life version of that naked-at-school nightmare. So what does this have to do with minimalism and practicing awareness in your space? Well, because we feel the need to do something in order to alleviate uncertainty in an outcome, we often focus on the unimportant details, the things that nobody would likely even notice. 
We're focusing on the indiscernible makeup instead of the key components, in my case, the bloomers. We spend our energy wholeheartedly toiling over a few little duplicate items, or what to do with Aunt Shelley's birthday cards, or whether or not we really need that extra throw pillow. Rather than worrying over a few small objects that won't make or break your home, focus that energy instead on strengthening your awareness muscle. Gain clarity around why you, specifically you, have the clutter that you have. Work from the inside out and don't get distracted by the little minuscule details that will likely go unnoticed. Building awareness first makes the decisions of what to discard easier. In the end, minimalism is a practice of awareness regarding belongings, your time, and your energy, and it takes practice to find your personal balance with your stuff. However, when you become a student of awareness, the decisions become easier. You start to intuitively know if an item is something you've been holding on to for the wrong reasons. You'll also start to feel at ease in the process because... Adapting to living with less is a lot easier than you may think. So what's the bottom line for living a minimalist life? Well, don't be an information hoarder, collecting checklists and articles to make you feel like you're making progress. Do the hard internal work if you truly want lasting results in living a more minimalist life. <laughs>